Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 119, verses 73 through 80. Your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you shall see me and rejoice, because I have hoped in your word. I know, O Lord, that your judgments are right, and that in faithfulness you have humbled me. Let your steadfast love become my comfort, according to your promise to your servant. Let your mercy come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. Let the arrogant be put to shame, because they have subverted me with guile. As for me, I will meditate on your precepts. Let those who fear you turn to me, so that they may know your decrees. May my heart be blameless in your statutes, so that I may not be put to shame. Joshua chapter 23 a long time afterward, when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies all around, and Joshua was old and well advanced in years, Joshua summoned all Israel, their elders and heads, their judges and officers, and said to them, I am now old and well advanced in years, and you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. For it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. I have allotted to you as an inheritance for your tribes those nations that remain along with all the nations that I have already cut off, from the Jordan to the great sea in the west. The Lord your God will push them back before you and drive them out of your sight, and you shall possess their land as the Lord your God promised you. Therefore, be very steadfast to observe and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right nor to the left, so that you may not be mixed with these nations left here among you, or make mention of the names of their gods, or swear by them, or serve them, or bow yourselves down to them. But hold fast to the Lord your God, as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out before you great and strong nations. And as for you, no one has been able to withstand you to this day. One of you puts, a flight, puts to flight a thousand, since it is the Lord your God who fights for you, as he promised you. Be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. For if you turn back and join in the survivors of these nations left here among you and intermarry with them, so that you marry their women and they yours, know assuredly that the Lord your God will not continue to drive out these nations before you. But they shall be a snare and a trap for you, a scourge for me on your sides and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from this good land that the Lord has given to you. And now I am about to go away... I am about to go the way of all the earth. And you know in your heart and souls, all of you, that one that not one thing has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one of them has failed. But just as all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you have been fulfilled for you, 
So the Lord will bring upon you all the bad things until he has destroyed you from this good land that the Lord your God has given you. If you transgress the covenant of your Lord, of the Lord your God, which he enjoined to you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and you shall perish quickly from the good land that, that he has given you. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the deeds of power done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But at the judgment it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you you be exalted to heaven? No, you will be brought down to Hades. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. Good morning and welcome to the fifth Wednesday after Pentecost. This morning we are reading from Joshua and a very short uh, passage from the book of Luke. Um, and Joshua, if you're, if you read the lectionary or follow along, it says verses one through 16, but that's the entire chapter of, uh, Joshua 23. Um, and in it, it, so it's just a story. It's not really like prose or anything. And, um, talks about basically Joshua is getting ready to die, to go the way of all the earth. And, um, Joshua calls together all Israel at least their their leaders, elders and heads, judges and officers. Um, and he tells them, "Look, you know, I'm I'm going to die. Uh, I've I've left for you all these this land that I've I've um, led us under God to acquire." And Joshua's um, is a difficult passage for um, folks interested in social justice. Parts of it are called the um, the Canaan campaign, um, the question as to whether or not it's genocide because of what God calls the people to do in taking the land, um, to include killing women and children, um, sometimes even killing livestock and everything that breathes, sometimes killing like the plant life. Um, and it's really difficult, um, event or series of events to interpret from, um, a progressive mindset um, for those of us who feel free to question God um, this is a really difficult area and the 23rd chapter um, it is important to note that this is Joshua talking um, he doesn't say thus says the Lord as um, the prophets do I don't know if Joshua anywhere is described as a prophet um, but it's important to see the story for what the story is. And what the story is, it's a an account of what Joshua is telling Israel as he's preparing to die. One of the sections, um, uh, it says that God, uh, God has given you all the land from the Jordan to the Great Sea, which is the Mediterranean. <clears throat> um, and uh, the, the country of Israel um, has... And, I mean, many um, Israeli Jews have used this passage and others reminiscent of it to justify 
uh, taking the land from Jordan to the Great Sea, which is uh, which includes Palestine, parts of Palestine, the West Bank, and Gaza. Um, and so this passage is actually really fraught with difficult segments to interpret uh, with the benefit of hindsight and, and um, moral discernment that we that we think we have. Um, and there's some hyperbole in there. I think it's important to note again that this is Joshua telling the people. And in fact, what we're reading is someone remembering and editing what Joshua is telling the people. The, God's feeling on it isn't disclosed in the story. So we aren't given that, that clue as to whether or not this is something that God also believes is true. Um, and one of the hyperbolic parts is, uh, includes you know, this warning about intermarriage. Um, don't marry outside Israel and don't let them marry us or marry in. Well, maybe not, not marry in. It's kind of this vague point. Um, the, uh, the, the, the concern that I have with it is the extent to which that passage and others like it may have supported, um, uh, what, what do they call them? But uh, Loving v. Virginia, this uh, couple that was denied a marriage license because it was an interracial couple, the idea being that um, uh, feelings about ethnic supremacy or purity, at least, are really problematic. I mean, if you think about it, you can only enter, you can only marry so many times within your own community before there begins to be a problem. <laughs> um, but the um, the license this gives to um, beliefs that may be in, unrelated about the superiority of of one race or one culture. Um, that's what kind of makes me nervous, and the only words of solace that I have um, in, in reading this is to remember that this is a story about a man telling other, mostly other men, but telling this community these things. And within this passage itself, we don't get any explicit clues as to whether or not God feels similarly. Um, and if we do, then that's really disheartening, and we have to figure out how we interpret these in light of um, uh, the tradition and experience. Um, at least for now, we, it's, it could be taken as a simple story about what Joshua believed um, and whether or not it's prescriptive for us is, you know, it's still a live question. Um, and finally, in Luke, we just have this very short passage about, um, you know, this warning with, without any real context um, and it seems as though the compilers of the RCL are, are likening um, Joshua's final kind of speech, I guess, to these woes that Jesus makes to cities that are um, doing bad things or failing to do good things, I guess. Um, but what one thing that, you know, bringing it to current events, uh, one thing that makes me think about is... Um, the, the conclusion of the trial of Navy SEAL Eddie Gallagher. Um, he finally broke his silence after he was acquitted 
of most charges with the exception of posing with a, a, a dead body. Um, he finally broke his silence and he went on, I don't know if it's Fox and Friends or, or just one of the shows on Fox, and he says, you know, he, he speaks openly. I don't know if he's in uniform. I hope to God he wasn't because that's, you're not supposed to. Um, but um, the interviewer, host or whoever said, you know, what would you, at the tail end of this, what would you tell other SEALs or other people who want to become SEALs? Um, and Gallagher says, you know, basically be loyal, loyalty. Um, and he doesn't say to who or to what, but the implication, um, given all the, the circumstances surrounding the case, um, it seemed kind of scary to be, you know, to be accused of all these things. And then instead of saying, oh, I'm sorry for posing with a dead fighter that I stabbed and nobody, you know, rebuts that I stabbed with the intent to kill him um, and to brag about it, because we know through these text messages that he sent back and forth, um, he says, be loyal. Um, and the interviewer, the host, whoever, had to add and honesty, loyalty, oh yeah, and honesty. He adds that at the end. And it made me wonder if, if in his own mind, what he really, what were the implications of that? Um, loyalty to him, loyalty to Gallagher, or loyalty to Joshua and Joshua's beliefs, or loyalty to the thing that Joshua um, is loyal to, which is God loyal to the things that Gallagher was supposed to be loyal to, which are, you know, the, you know, I don't know what the Navy has, but the Army has Army values. We have the law of land warfare. We have the Geneva Conventions. Is that what he's calling us to be loyal to? Um, because that is not what he was loyal to. And much of the debate and much of the language coming from his wife and from his friends and from his supporters is, you know, these other Navy SEALs just were whining about their treatment. So who was who was Gallagher loyal to? Um, what was Gallagher loyal to? And what was he calling others to be loyal to? Um, just by him saying it, whether Gallagher or Joshua, just by the merit of them saying it doesn't make it right. We have to look for these clues. We have to look for um, whether or not they're... they're desires and their um, expectations and their uh, requests of us, whether they're standing on solid ground. And that means other seals. That means, you know, the values of, of our nation and the, the treaties and the laws that we've agreed to uphold. And for Joshua, that means God. That means uh, the living God of Israel and, and the extent to which God wants us to not intermarry or to you know, to fill in the blank. And Joshua makes it explicit. Obey God. Don't go left or right. Obey God, and you'll continue to hold the land. Um, but Gallagher um, was ominously silent on that second part. Proper 9 from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, you have taught us to keep all your commandments by loving you and our neighbor. Grant us the grace of your Holy Spirit, that we may be devoted to you with our whole heart and united to one another with pure affection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.
Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where PPUHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.